the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful in us, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may do life in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake forgive you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. For the, For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will constantly <coughs> bless her provisions. I will satisfy her. I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Lord have God in the 
his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God and of your grace that we may be called to repentance and be made partakers of your heavenly treasures through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The scripture readings for this, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament Lesson from the second chapter of the prophet Ezekiel. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me, they and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever, God of men. The epistle lesson from the 12th chapter of 2 Corinthians, verses 1 through 10. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. 
and he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And so to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand in respect of Christ, to whom the Holy Gospel is read. According to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, and Jesus went away from there, and he came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he charged them to take nothing from their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there, and if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. And so they went out, and they proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Together we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. 
and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. and peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The text we consider this morning is from the epistle reading, St. Paul's words from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. He said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this thorn in the flesh that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Gladly, therefore, I'll boast all the more of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
So far, our text, dear friends, and our Lord Jesus. Some time ago, I was paging through a reference book that I have, and, and I came across one of those ironies that you find sometimes. Searching through the S's, paging through the S's for the word suffering, I found that ironically it was preceded immediately by a word that didn't at all seem like it should be near at all that close to it, the word suffering. Immediately preceding was the word success. Ironic, a coincidence, I'm sure. Of course, this was the same reference book that placed the word marriage right next to the word martyr. A coincidence, I'm sure, of course. But suffering, right next to the word success, ironic. Ironic it was to see these two words that were so close together when they seemed to us to be worlds apart. Success, as we think of it, is strength. It's power. It's holding the cards. It's being in control of your health, being in control of your wealth, of your life. It's making the decision you want made when you want to make it, having the means to make it. Success, as we're familiar with it, as the world is familiar with it. Success comes from rising up, not from falling down. It comes from climbing the corporate ladder, attaining upward mobility in the housing market or in the social strata. Success is self-confidence, it's self-reliance. Success is having it, not needing it. Needing it, that's, that sounds like suffering. And suffering seems weak. Weak because it means that you're not holding the cards, or at least it means that you've got no choice but to hold the cards that you're dealt. Suffering is when your health and your wealth are far beyond your control. Suffering means being powerless to dictate decisions. It means that we can't be and we aren't self-reliant. It means that we've got to rely on someone else, trust in someone else to be our strength for us. Success in suffering or in weakness. It doesn't seem in this land of rugged individualism. It sure doesn't seem to be the American way. It's not the human way, but it is God's way. Success in suffering, that's God's way. It was God's way with Paul, as we heard in our epistle reading, with Paul in, in permitting a thorn in his flesh to afflict him. The Greek word there is, it was translated harassed. It, it means to to beat him, to strike him, to, to treat him, literally to treat him roughly, to rough him about a bit. Paul prayed three times, we're told. Maybe you've prayed 33 times and more about your thorn, that it should leave, but the Lord's loving answer, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace sufficient. Grace sufficient. That means it's never too little. It also means it's never too much. Remember why Paul received his thorn in the flesh? He said, to, lest I, I be conceited, lest I be puffed up, elated because of these revelations he'd received, because of the blessings of God in his life, lest he become too conceited, God gave him a thorn in the flesh. No, my grace is sufficient for you. Never too little, never too much, just right, just enough in perfect measure for you, he says. 
by grace sufficient for you individually. And no more and no less than what's needed for God who loves you dearly to keep you right where he needs, he knows that you need to be. My grace is sufficient for you for my power, he says, is made perfect in weakness. Made perfect in weakness. There the Greek word is to telestai. It means to, to arrive at its intended end. To find its finish. It's the same one word declaration on this weekend of, of declarations of independence. His, God's one word declaration of your independence as it were from sin. He spoke on the cross when com- he completed on the cross his task of atoning for our sins. sins and he cried out to tell us it is finished. It's accomplished. My task has found its end to telestai. Well, with this same word, the risen Lord here in our text, in our text, the, the risen Lord tells you, my strength, my power has arrived at its intended end in your weakness. Because you see, the stage upon which God works his strength is feebleness. One has said it like this, when God's strength has brought us to the point where we're utter weakness, then it's accomplished its task. And its task is finished. And you think about that. Think about in our own lives how he dismantles the proud towers of our own self-confidence, self-reliance medically. He makes us lean upon treatments and daily dosages. Financially, we depend upon paychecks and therefore our jobs, and therefore our employers, and therefore the demand for our jobs. And you take these away, even for a time. You take these away and we realize just how reliant we are. You take away the security of a calm sea of Galilee. And those disciples we heard about two weeks ago, they quickly find out how reliant they are. You take away the health of a synagogue leader's 12-year-old daughter. And how quickly Jairus, as we heard of last week, recalls how reliant he is. You remind us, in the week, in this past week or so, as men in their strength are brought down to the weakness of death with Michael Jackson, with, with the pitch man, the oxyclean man, Billy Mays, both 50 years old, in the strength of their years, or just yesterday, with the sudden alarming death of Steve McNair, the former quarterback, 36 years old, quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. And how quickly we're reminded that every breath breathed is drawn not from our strength, but in spite of our weakness. You give us stormy seas, you give us a brush with death, or a thorn in the side. And we realize just how weak we really are and how much we do rely upon God. Especially do we in spiritual things. Where even as, as we would transgress a single point of God's law, says James, then we violated the whole thing. You hear that and, and then do you hear Jericho's walls of your self-security crumbling? at the trumpet blast of God's law, because that's what God's law does to our self-securities. Breaks them down, reminds every last one of us how weak we are and how beyond the strength of our grasp eternal life is. 
And so at the end of the day, what are we left to say but simply that we're perfectly weak? We're perfectly weak. And then, when God's brought us to own up to our total reliance upon Him, then His dismantling power has reached its end. Martin Luther says, Give thanks for those thorny days. Give thanks for the harsh days on which you feel roughed about and through which God is driving you to Himself. Embrace those precious days, he says. And here's how he says it. He says we should, we should not fear harsh treatment, but prosperity. And good days we should fear. Because he says these may harm us more than fear and persecution. For the sins, for example, he says, that oppress me, they cause me anguish. And so I persist more and more earnestly in prayer. And in crying out to God. And in this way, faith and righteousness, he says, becomes constantly stronger. This is what St. Paul means when he says, strength becomes stronger through our weaknesses. What thorn afflicts you? Whatever it is, be sure that God's permitted it for good reason, so that through it he'll, he'll compel you to give up on your own strength. And as Luther says, persist more and more earnestly in prayer. And in crying out to God for your strength and for your rescue. Thorns are good. Thorns, in fact, are good even for the church. Being buffeted, afflicted, roughed about in the hot flames of controversy, that's good for the church. It's the refining process that God uses to separate the dross from the pure gold of orthodoxy, galvanizing the true confession in God, glorifying and in faith echoing creeds and confessions born in the crucible of, of controversy. In fact, Luther too would remark this. He said, if the devil were wise enough to just be silent and let the gospel be preached, he'd sustain less harm, he says. For when the gospel's not attacked, it rusts. And has no opportunity to reveal its power and its might. And so be grateful in every respect. Be grateful for our thorns. Uncomfortable as they may be. They're divinely willed weaknesses for your own good. Through which God works. And never did God work through weakness quite like when the stable born Messiah. Crowned with our thorns. With our sin, was nailed to his cross, an emblem of weakness, seemingly so far from success, bleeding blood like weak men do, crying out like weak men will, such weakness it would seem, so far from success. And yet, and yet in that, weak, in that weakest moment of all, the strength of God was made perfect when from the cross God himself cried out in total success to Telestai. He said, it is finished. It's, it's completed. It's accomplished. My atoning work for you, the weak, had reached its end, its goal. The sinless one for us sinners, his death for our life, his suffering, our success. Or let St. Paul put it to you this way. When he writes, well, we were still without strength. 
Christ died for us. God hasn't changed his ways. It's still his way to work on the stage of feebleness, our feebleness. He still delights in turning the logic of the world on its head, not only saving us by way of the weakness of the cross, but then too by delivering to us what he's finished and now freely gives us by way of outwardly weak and seemingly foolish sacramental things. Yet seemingly weak things which he invests with the power of salvation. Indeed, a supper in which is born to you the very body and blood of the almighty God, Jesus Christ himself. Consider, too, that to the Corinthian Christians who were not, mind you, the power players of their cultural context, Paul, who seemed always to have in mind strengths and weaknesses, Paul said this to them. He said, we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block to the Gentiles, foolish, foolishness, but, but to those who are called Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then he goes on to say this to them, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Could we still say the same today? But he says, God has chosen the weak things of the world, the feeble things, to put to shame the things which are mighty. He still perfects his power in weakness. He still works in and through our weaknesses to drive us, to draw us or others to himself. He still works his successes through our suffering. For come with me to a frail and a feeble man's hospital room where just above the, the tones of medical machinery and the business of attending nurses, one can hear the old man's wife reading aloud to him under the light of, of an evening lamp, leading, reading to him God's scriptural promises to him. Where she says to him, Melvin, God, God is our refuge and strength, she reads to him, a very present help in trouble. Words that quietly arrest the attention of his nurse doing the routine vital checks. Words that remain with her, stick with her as she goes home to her troubled and crumbling life. His power he still makes perfect through our weaknesses or come with me to a room behind a closed door in which a grown man, once highly successful in all aspects of his life, now sits next to tears, trying to resolve, trying to cope with all that life is throwing at him, all the changes, insecurities in his job, marital troubles on top of it, self-doubt, and near broken, he concludes in a silent, prayerful sigh, I can't do it any longer as God wrings out of him every last ounce of self-determination. And then, because a bruised reed he won't break, and a smoldering wick he won't snuff out, then God the Holy Spirit brings to his aching mind a promise recorded by Paul. I can do all things through, through him who gives me strength. 
His power still fills the void of our weakness. Or come with me to where a man is standing at the headstone of a dear friend whom he watched get weaker and weaker and then die all too young. And there in the open solitude of that graveyard, the man is left to think. Think about a conviction in his dying Christian friend, a conviction that wouldn't die. To Think about a, a hope that he harbored in a Jesus Christ of which he so often spoke. And now face to stony face with mortality, he's, he's moved by the memory of a quiet and yet an undying confession that lives on in his mind to want to know more. To want to know more about this Jesus who gave his friend such hope. His power still works through, through the greatest of our weaknesses. Or finally, come with me to an old house of an old couple. Their old bones now creak and groan almost as much as the house does. But with each creak and each groan through their daily weaknesses and creaks and groans, God lifts the eyes of his aged saints on earth and directs them toward their longed-for home, their God-intended end in heaven, reminding his suffering saints that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory which is soon to be revealed to you. Friends, you know your thorn in the flesh. You also know God's grace is sufficient for you. And His grace has permitted your suffering in order to work through it for good in your life or for the eternal good, perhaps, in the life of another. And so with that in mind, it's far easier to confess with St. Paul, well then, gladly. Gladly, therefore, I'll boast all the more in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I'm weak, when I'm weak, then it's then in the strength of Christ that I'm strong. In his name, amen.
ascended Son now reigns over the nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon your church by your word and motivate her to speak gratefully of your salvation and move her mightily to confess Christ and him crucified for the sins of all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant unto your church faithful pastors who will, like Ezekiel of old, faithfully preach and teach your word as they call sinners to repentance and deliver the forgiveness of sins to your penitent people through your word and sacraments. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O ruler of the nations, receive our thanks for the land in which we live, and preserve among us the freedoms we have long enjoyed and have this weekend celebrated. Keep our country under your protective care, and grant wisdom to our president and Congress and courts and the governor and legislature of our state, especially in these critical times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all public servants as they labor to preserve an orderly, stable, and safe society that serves the family which you have made the foundation of mankind. And bless our armed forces that their service and sacrifices may shield us from hostile nations and terrorists which would do us harm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Defend us from all who would deprive us of the rights we enjoy in our land and raise up among us generations who are aware of and grateful for the freedoms that we have, including the right to assemble for worship and to make public confession of our faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, our fragile bodies testify so undeniably to the weakness of our fallen nature, which of itself cannot reverse the consequences of sin within us and around us. Give patience and trust to all of your sons and daughters, but especially to those whose physical limitations and illnesses require them to live with such weaknesses day in and day out that they might find their strength in thee. To that end, we pray for all of our friends and family members who are ill, that they may know that your promise to St. Paul is indeed the promise to all of your people. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God of life, send your Holy Spirit to those who mourn the death of loved ones, 
Comfort them with your promises and give them confidence that all who die in Christ remain with Christ and will experience the resurrection of the dead wherein our weakness gives way to Christ's power once again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord Jesus Christ, in the fellowship of this altar we come to taste your goodness as you give us your very body and blood under the humble forms of bread and wine. By this sacred meal, strengthen our faith in the wondrous things that you've done for our salvation, increase in us Christian charity toward our neighbors, and sustain on to us life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be, O eternal Father, strong to save, the protector of all who in the days and the weeks to come travel by land, sea, or air, and be, O God of our fathers, the one who refreshes your people on their way through this world's night to heaven's never-ending day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. These things, and whatever else you know we need, grant us, dear Father in heaven, for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection has opened unto us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Son into our flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, 
be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
shouting his praise, tell everyone what he has done. Let all to seek the Lord, rejoice and proudly bear his name. He recalls his promises and leads his people forth in joy with sons of thanksgiving. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come and the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord may his face shine upon you and be gracious on you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.